keep on kissing babies and hugging fat girls. Sell out full of suffering, suck attach, son. It's me, Austin. Oh, son of a bitch. What? It's me, Austin. It was me all along, Austin. And you teeth look like two tight too, Billy. And you book a match with me. That's right, Killing. Look at me. I'm a total package. I will rip him apart. I'm pissed now. Where to, Stephanie? <laughs> Wrestle Roasts on ad-free shows and ATC. Welcome, everybody, to Wrestle Roast. I am your host, Dan St. Germain. I'm here with Robert Karpolis, and I'm here with our guest, a good friend of mine, hilarious comic. Know him from the New York scene. Beautiful man. Just entered a, <laughs> uh, a, a, several acting classes, so he'll be on a CW show soon. Nathan Orton, everybody. <laughs> Nathan, thank you for doing this. Thanks for having me, Dan. What's going on, man? I'm glad that we're you're gonna roast Mr. T with us. Scott's gonna be on later in the episode. Now, Nathan, that is Nathan Orton, and that is the Orton, that is the wrestling Orton. And mm-hmm. uh, first off, do you give a shit at all about wrestling, Nathan? No. <laughs> Did your dad or your brother ever try to get you into it, or are you just like this is gay? <laughs> no, I never thought it was gay. Yeah. Um, I did. So my, I would like go to weird like banquet halls and like cafeterias with a ring in the middle of it my dad would just like take me and he'd do a he'd just wrestle someone i didn't know what was happening and i didn't watch it i was probably like a playing my game boy like it was it's so weird because i have no like i know less about wrestling than even like an average non-fan really yeah i'm so dumb like, have you wrestling. ever been backstage at WWE and it all been like, oh my God, I'm meeting this person? No. Yeah. I'm like, I met The Rock and, uh, and, uh, he, like 20 years ago. And I remember he, like, he said fuck. And then he looked at me and apologized. I was like, I was really polite of him. And I was, <laughs> he's known for being polite. So that's true. That's the most exciting thing that's ever happened to me. <laughs> I met, I met a guy named Kano, I think. Kano? I, I felt, I think his name was Kano Kane? or Canyon. 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 Chris Canyon. Yeah, he killed himself. What? Yeah, yeah, he killed himself. Well, here's why. <laughs> I met him backstage. <laughs> and, uh, Wait, what? Dude, he, he shook my hand. I knew, I knew nothing about wrestling, and my brother brought me back there. And I'm just walking around dumb, and everyone probably thinks, oh, this kid's a fan. And this Canyon guy sh- shook my hand and he's like, my name's Canyon. And he said his name quickly. And I was like, Kane? Like, I didn't know. I just thought it was Kane with his mask off. And he's like, no, Canyon. And I'm just, I felt so fucking bad for like a week. I was like, oh man, I heard that just guy's feelings. leave in the room. He's like, he's like just guzzling pills. Jesus Christ. Did he really kill himself? Kane. The next person that calls me Kane, I'm going to fucking oh. do it. Yeah, Jesus. he, um. Christ. He was like secretly gay for years, and I think that fucked with him. Oh, oh, well, ah, same thing with Chris Benoit. <laughs> I don't think so. he did. No, he just uh, he had like CTE of like a ninety year old. I hope my brother doesn't have that. 
I don't, I, you know, your brother, like the thing about your, the way your brother wrestles, it's pretty safe. I mean, he's, I yeah. know he's like, I got a bad at back injury now or whatever, but as far as yeah. like, he doesn't do like Chris Benoit, like, uh, like you can go online YouTube and, and just, um, YouTube, like compilation of flying headbutt, which is just him jumping from the top rope face first onto himself and missing like 90% of the time he would miss. Um, and he would like flop around, but the way he hit it, like there's just no give. And so like when they like, when they studied his brain after he died, he had like a CT, like he had the brain of a 90 year old. They oh said, my God. But he still has, you know, he still has this guy who's in crazy physical condition. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, he basically had the brain, like there's a guy, um, Vern Gagne, who's actually, you know, the comedian Julian McCullough. I don't, uh, he's Julian's grandpa. And he was like the guy who ran AWA and, uh, one of the guys who gave Vince a run for his money and then eventually lost to Vince like everybody. But he, yeah. he like, uh, this was like a couple of years ago. He was at a senior home. He flipped out and he just like body slammed a dude there and killed him, you know, and the cops came and they like, were like, well, he's not in his right mind. So they didn't arrest him. So, oh. um, which they, they probably shouldn't have, you know, I mean, I'm sure the guy's family was pissed. Was happy. <laughs> they were happy depending on the guy. Yeah. Yeah. Right. For sure. oh, got him out of our hands. I mean, they already put him in a senior home. Now, at least, you know, he's really gone. So, they so there was no, like, pressure for you because like, your brother joined, but so there's no pressure yeah. for him to do so. Or was it just kind of like your dad was like, all right, well, you guys can do this shit if you want to do it. Yeah, but well, my brother was, like, a natural athlete. Like, I remember it was, like, written on the basement wall. Like, he, he hit, like, 315, like, in high school on bench press. And, like, wow. I'm still... I'm like now I'm a hundred pounds behind that, like as a, a fully grown man. Like he's just a huge guy. I always looked up to my brother. He's always nice. Like I always felt like, you know, he had my back. And um, there was the Marines thing. And after that, he just went off to go. He went to OVW and he was, he had the doors opened, but he was also like super athletic and big and had the look for it. And yeah. it just all happened. Yeah, and he's like actually he's one of the funniest wrestlers. He's a, a funny of, dude. In sense of like, I think because he doesn't give a shit compared to some yeah. of those guys. Like some of those guys are like totally, you know, reading their own uh press and stuff. And he's like he's like one of the only guys who like reached out to us after we roasted him on the show, you know. Like he he's he was he's a he was like a really nice guy about it. Um, oh, cool. Which I'm sure there's a couple wrestlers who were not I mean, I roasted Ric Flair, he was not as nice about it. <laughs> Oh, uh, really? No, no. He was, I mean, he was fine. He was, by the way, um, there's a picture of me that WWE circulated because it was like, uh, I guess it was like Ric Flair's, the Ric Flair documentary coming out and they have a picture and it's Ric Flair laughing and I'm right behind him. And I'm like, I look so, I'm a fat guy, but I look so fat in this photo. It's like <laughs> my, my face is like scrunched up. I still don't know if Conrad like leaked it, you know, I don't know, but uh, oh, it was, uh, it was pretty nuts, man. So, so you didn't like, you, you weren't around a lot of that. So you, there was never a time where you're like, yeah, I don't really want to. And your and your I, dad was never like, this is what you got to do to be a man. <laughs> no. So my dad was like, uh, I wrestled in like high school, and I and I wasn't good, but I was tough, and I never quit. And I'm glad I did it. But like, yeah. it, I hated it, and I wasn't good. And my dad, in like the nicest way possible, was like, hey, you know, son, you don't have to do this. And I, was like, <laughs> uh, and I remember like. I was working at a restaurant after college with no direction. This is before I started doing comedy and had like a 
a drive and a purpose and goals. And I just worked at a restaurant and was very like depressed and clueless. And my dad's like, you know, you you should maybe try wrestling. And I'm like, no, (laughs) that was the one that was the whole conversation. It's so funny that like, it's like, People are like, because your brother, you know, got like he, he talks about it. I actually watched it in a documentary about how he get since he had to go to like the break for like two months or whatever. Yeah. A wall and stuff. But then like it's just like a great, you know, it's like it's like, oh, I hit bottom and then I became this millionaire famous wrestler. But it's like most like actually the st- stories that are scarier are like you graduate college fine and then you just get a normal job <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck am I doing? You know? Yeah. And there's no yeah. like like, oh, this kid's a and there's no like, oh, this guy, guys, you know, he's just rough around the edges. It's just like, oh no, there's just no spots available for most people in the world. Yeah, which is uh, a little bit bizarre. Of, a little bit, Rob, are you still there? <laughs> told you it was. Told you it was a letdown. <laughs> Robert just totally gave up on it, man. He just totally gave up on it. Now I don't know what he's doing. He's he's got like a real law job and shit. How's comedy been going, man? Uh, it's it's fun man every time i get on stage it seems to i have a good time and it goes well um i still don't say no to stuff so like i did a gig uh in long island i did 30 minutes in a coffee shop yeah and the the guy who opened there was a producer who i was in contact with then a random long island comic who opened for me the comic who opened for me was so bad i don't know his name but most of the coffee shop left and then the producer had to go up and bullshit, but he ran out of ideas. So anybody busted the mic. So when I got there, there were oh six people sitting in a couch. I had to do a half hour to a cold audience. No one was on stage to introduce me. And he was like, yeah, the mic's busted. So I just went up in front of people like I was in what their living room. Paid? It was. How much did you get paid? 200 bucks. Hey, man, 200 bucks, you know. I know. <laughs> I wasn't gonna say no to it. I look at my. I brought my girlfriend. She's behind me playing Mario Kart. I brought my girlfriend. I can't see her. So we don't know if it's true or not, guys. But <laughs> she exists. She works for the. Can I say it? She works for the WWE. Oh, she does. But, uh, yeah, she does. She comet comedy. Not as Vince or Johnny Ace's personal assistant, right? No, <laughs> she's not. She she gave Vince one handy, but that's it. <laughs> Hi. How you doing? Hey, Hey, nice to meet you, Stephanie. This is Dan. He's fucking hilarious. Good. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Welcome. How how do you like working at WWE? Oh, I love it. I love it. I was never uh, Vince's man assistant, but I almost basically Kevin Dunn's assistant. You're 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 Kevin Dunn's assistant. Not really, but I work behind him. So yeah, in the control room. In the control room. (laughs) Damn. Um, Were you? So she like more of a wrestling fan than you are. Really she's not much of a fan but yeah because i'm not a fan at all i respect what my brother does and i i acknowledge i understand how uh good he is and how much people yeah. love him and i'm proud of him but yeah beyond that i don't care about it at all yeah and is that how's that how you guys met you just were back there hanging out with your brother and you met her no she i <laughs> i did the breakout series at caroline's and i posted it on tiktok like an idiot thinking it would be like a special and she saw the clip and thought I was cute or funny or both and added me. And I thought she was a bot because she was too attractive to add me. And then <laughs> we started like catting. Then she came to a roast battle. I was judging. And that was like our first meeting. And then we just went on a date. Jesus. So she's just around the wrestling community and the comedy community constantly. Yeah. It's horrendous. 
Yeah. <laughs> That poor yeah. girl. Yeah, my wife just went that poor girl on the back. <laughs> just around like just various various uh, levels of criminality depending on yeah. where you're at. And mental uh, illness. And a lot of mental illness. Yeah. Speaking of mental illness, guys, we're roasting Mr. T today. Um, but yeah. before that, I want to go through uh, Robert isn't here just I wonder if he had to take a shit or something. I don't know. Well, I'll, at the end of the episode, I'll announce uh, our January roasts and our Patreon and all that fun stuff. There's a lot of fun stuff that's going to be coming on the podcast. But first, first off, Mr. T, Nathan, how old? You're like 30, right? 35. 35. Okay, so Mr. T was like right in your, like that was part of your growing up then, right? I was, I know my dad like boxed him and uh, that thing, that whole thing. Well, yeah, it was like Roddy Piper boxed him, but your dad, I think, yeah, your dad boxed him first. Yeah. I don't, I don't mean, yeah. 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 So like, I'm, like I said, I'm clueless with that, but I know I'm aware that it happened. I looked it up like pre prepping for this roast uh, jokes. I had to um, look it up and like, I like learned things. I was like, Oh, that's my dad. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. But I didn't, that was probably, I was born in 87. It's gotta be I three or four years, year, but this. it was, yeah. Yeah, right around there. Yeah, man, it was uh your dad was part of that. It was like Paul Orndorff, Roddy, and your dad versus Hogan and T. That was like the program yeah. for like a year. Yeah, yeah. Um your your dad's the only one I because I was watching shooting interviews about Mr. T, and I think your dad's the only one who said like nice shit about him. Oh really? <laughs> but he also was just kind of like, Oh, he didn't respect the business. And your oh. dad was just like, Oh yeah, he's fine. I feel like you're <laughs> more normal than a lot of these guys because, like, so so many of these guys they go into it and there's like it's clearly such an agenda about someone who fucked them over 20 years ago and they're just trying yeah. to look better. My dad, my dad just turned uh, 72, and a lot of these guys don't make it to that. So, like, I my dad did something right. Yeah. So uh, did less coke than them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Less. That was that was basically it. But yeah, man, I mean, I was a Mr. T guy when I was like a kid. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought it was like, you know, like when I was younger, I was like, it was that weird thing where it's like, you don't think like, like you don't think Elvira is a ghost or like a, a vampire, but like you also don't think she's like a normal human either. Like you think mm -hmm. she's like in that weird middle ground of like, well, she's normal, but spooky. And I'm like, so it's like Mr. T, it's like, well, he's not just an actor. It's like, oh yeah, he's a tough guy. He's also like, a legit tough guy which yeah I mean, looking back on it it seems like you i mean you could definitely have beaten my ass you know but yeah you know all, all of us i mean all of us all of our asses um but he was like he created a character from his bouncing career which is just like the funniest thing because mm -hmm. i don't know anyone who like takes a shitty job and then creates a gimmick like you can't be like the slutty mailman i guess you can i guess it's yeah. gonna be a mailman but um, he yeah he really was just like uh, one of these guys who like he brought the mohawk and then I guess he was like his whole thing was he took the chains off people that would like leave, leave them at his bar in fights and then he would put yeah. them around his neck almost I guess it's like a almost like a shark tooth necklace if you're a fisherman or something like that yeah 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 but uh, he, yeah. he would wear them in front of the people. In front of the people, and I, I came back. Yeah, that's that was like weird. back in the day in the eighties and shit. That's how you became a wrestler. It's just some guy came up to you when you were bouncing at a bar, and we're like, "Oh, okay, you should, you maybe have a career 
and in doing an even faker version of this (laughs) (laughs) but yeah man he had this uh pity the fool reality show i watched i i was one of the few people who watched it that was kind of fun the most fun thing about that show is at the end of it he would just like he would like he would fix it he would like i think the first episode was like a guy pitying he always pitied somebody obviously he's called i pity the fool and it was like a guy who uh was out of shape and he had like a sofa or something so he pitied him and got him a sofa somehow back to exercising. But the end of every one of these reality shows, it would just be Mr. T running into the distance, like end of cuckoo's nest, you know, like, like you just see him disappear into this landscape and everyone just cheers. And he also <laughs> would like run up to the people to see him. So he was like literally like a Johnny Appleseed or who, who's the guy, Robert, who's the guy who, um, the, the you know the old legend the urban legend the guy who uh the railroad guy the black dude who like beat a railroad or john something. henry john henry thank you yeah um so yeah he was uh, I, when i was uh, i was like a pa or an intern on conan he was on he was great really funny um i mean he beat cancer at 95 we're just trying to say all the good stuff about him before we bury him it's our it's our karmic way of giving back and yeah, I don't, I don't think WrestleMania is a success. No, obviously it's, you know, you got to give credit to Hogan and Vince, but I think the third person in that wasn't Roddy. I mean, I think it was, I mean, he helped a lot, but I think it was Mr. T. That's why people tuned in and Mr. T like that whole leading up to mania, he was amazing on during press and he got people excited about it. And he never, you know, like they, they protected the business to the point of like almost killing Richard Belzer, but uh, Robert, did you ever get to? Robert was a former WWE writer. Uh, Robert, did you ever get to work with Mr. T at all? Or I don't think he was around during your tenure, right? He he was not around. No, uh, I I worked with uh, a lot of. I worked with Nathan's dad and his brother. So I'm trying not to hold either of that against you. I'm sure you seem like a decent guy. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm joking. They're all lovely people. Uh, no, I never got a chance to work with Mr. T. But uh, and I only caught sorry the tail end of your bright side. I got pulled into work bullshit. Uh, I'm sure it was glowing, Dan. I'm sure you had a lot of nice things to say about him. But yeah, well, no, Mr. T- talking about Nathan like uh, coming up in wrestling and not caring about it, <laughs> kind of like Randy. So it works perfect. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah I can't imagine growing up in in the wrestling business uh, or with, with a family member in the wrestling business and it just being like. You know, it's just work. Like my dad's an accountant. I have no idea what how the fuck accounting works. I don't want to know how it works. I don't know how exactly. to file my taxes. Yeah. Yeah, that's the same, same perfect analogy. That's I feel like it's the exact same thing. Um yeah. it's uh yeah, it's gotta it's gotta be I mean, it's gotta be fun for like career day, but that's about it. <laughs> until, until you get to the age where and I'm sure you guys cover this, the age where kids start picking apart the logic of wrestling and they're like, What your dad's doing is fake. And yeah. you're like, well, I'm still cashing it. He's still cashing a paycheck, so I don't really give a fuck. Yeah, your mm. dad's just a drunk. What he's doing is <laughs> real. Uh, so are we praising Mr. T now? Where I, I, yeah, this is the most disjointed Mr. I've T, ever man. been on this show, it's and the, I apologize. The bright, it's the bright side of Mr. The T. Bright side of Mr. T. All uh, right. I went through. I went through a couple things. I uh, remember some things from researching him. He just seemed, he's a real charitable guy, and he really gives back to the community. He loves his mother. He uh, he's a Christian. He, he it's all I remember. He donates he, to church, and he's got a, he's got a comic who's he's got a daughter who's a comic. Oh yeah, that's... so you know he did something wrong. 
<laughs> but uh yeah it's uh it's 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 uh it's pretty nuts but uh yeah i mean i i would say do you think he's besides vincent hogan the most to uh credit wrestlemania's early success for robert um yeah i think it's i think he was the he was such a massive star at this point in time and 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 i, I feel like i'm like the old man at this point where i have to explain like kids Back in the day when there were only three stations, if you were on television, no matter how shitty your television show was, you were one of the biggest stars on the planet and everyone knew who you were. Mr. T was a pop culture icon at the same level as Hulk Hogan outside of wrestling. I mean, he had action figures. There were lunch boxes. He had a cartoon. He had coloring books. You could buy a Mr. T doll in the store. So people knew who this guy was. And the fact that he was associated with WrestleMania was going to bring eyeballs from the mainstream world to this. And he was one of the first guys, not only was he just showing up there the way like Muhammad Ali was showing up or Liberace or Cindy Lauper was showing up. He was an integral part of the, uh, of the, of the program. You know, he was getting in the ring. He was going to have a match. He did the boxing match with, with Cowboy Bob Wharton did the boxing match with, with Roddy Piper. Uh, he was going to wrestle in the main event. So you were seeing whoever the, I don't know who the top, I mean, now it's top star on TV is, couldn't even tell you who. I don't even know what the number one show on TV is. Uh, number one cable show is Yellowstone. It's beating Raw and AEW every week. So it? fine. So if Kevin Costner was going to wrestle Roman Reigns at WrestleMania uh, in the most Republican main event of all time, that would be what you were what you're talking about here. But Mr. T got Hogan, you know, onto Saturday Night Live, which was a huge moment of mainstream crossover appeal. Uh, he's a guy who gave credibility in a lot of ways to what WrestleMania was doing, that this was not just a wrestling show. This was an entertainment uh, spectacular. And he always sort of had a tangential relationship with wrestling. He, he was part of not only WWF, he did stuff in world class. He did stuff in WCW. WWE would bring him back. He's in the Hall of Fame. Um, he became less of a celebrity and more of just sort of one of those figures that people just knew about in pop culture and they didn't really understand why he existed or what he was. But I would guarantee there are kids today that probably know who Mr. T is or what he looks like. He does those Aaron's commercials now and he's still an IP property. He's still a brand that people have heard of when they think of eighties nostalgia, he's still going to pop up. There's still some degree of relevancy. And for a guy who had a, uh, by all means, it looks like a very challenging upbringing as a kid, uh, very humble guy, very giving guy, and and very positive figure. There's not really a lot of bad things to say about a dude who was a bouncer who beat up 200 people, according to his Wikipedia, and still seems like a, a pretty decent human being, despite having been involved in the wrestling business. <laughs> but he was involved in the wrestling business, and we can never forget that. Um, yeah, man, I mean, uh, you know, and, and hey, Rocky Three. That was a blast. Oh yeah, Rocky Three was was you. That's one of the six best Rockies. <laughs> it's uh, you know, but I mean, I kept it going. You know, I mean, I think he's you know him, Apollo, and uh, Drago. You know, all those are classics. Those first four, and then the fifth one comes where like Balboa is a street fighter against like that young kid, and it's fucking terrible. Rich Rocky versus AIDS. Yeah, yeah, it's Rocky <laughs> versus AIDS. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I was never a huge A-Team fan, but I guess he was making just as much money as the star in the show. Um, more. More money, jeez. I, yeah, yeah, and he didn't, the star didn't like him. 
Take no. that, George Papard. Yeah, I mean, that just sounds like a dick's name, you know? George Papard. Um, but I think that that's, I think we basically got the bright side of Mr. T, right? I mean, we're waiting for Scott. He should be on here in, in a couple minutes, but, uh, we should go into it, I guess. Should we roast Mr. T? I think we should. Nathan, you get to choose whenever you want to go out of the four in the four spots. So, okay. Choose. Which, which do you want to, where do you want to go? I can go, uh, in the middle because I probably won't have the best jokes, but I want to see, uh, what you guys bring so second or third i don't care well let's do third just in case scott's able to come in and then me and robert can eat it with less people here so all right <laughs> i'll go first robert you go second then we'll do nathan then we'll do scott cool. once he comes in the roast of mr t he looks like a black guy trump designed to protect him from scarier black guys <laughs> instrumentals to wwe's early success the only guy who could have made Hogan any better was Dr. Zahorian. Nathan's like, we had him for Thanksgiving one year. Uh, he was developing a show called I Pity the Fool, which was about busted open firing Tommy Dreamer. He's, uh, he's, the only, he's the only black guy to come to WWE with his own chains. <laughs> he started wearing gold after drunks at the club he bounced at left their chains behind so like how marty Janetti is with food <laughs> was the bodyguard of michael jackson which is either a mad tv sketch or a deleted scene in leaving netherland <laughs> I, I, I pity you fools if you tell anybody about this uh, <laughs> He won America's Toughest Bouncer, where the winner gets $10,000 and the loser goes back to being a bouncer. He got his <laughs> hairstyle from National Geographic while looking at a picture of a Mandinka warrior, which sounds like the first gimmick Vince pitched him. Uh, <laughs> Damn when it. asked whether his A-team character was an idiot, he said, it takes a smart guy to play dumb. So Johnny Ace's defense at the next Vince trial. <laughs> His biggest accomplish is, accomplishment is making the L in full silence. Mr. T is what would happen <laughs> if a mom said, no, 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 we have Muhammad Ali at home. He sold the Mr. Flavorware oven, which is the closest he's come to getting heat. Roddy Piper said Mr. T never paid his dues in the wrestling business. But in Mr. T's defense, he's not the one who's dead. <laughs> He uh, ran long at the Hall of Fame, which is seen as a slight against Magnum TA, who couldn't run at all. Oh, I uh, know that's not great. Uh, his Snickers campaign was pulled for being homophobic, but not nearly as bad as the ill-advised Snickers. I mean, sorry, ill-advised Skittles campaign. Chase the rainbow, just don't rub our faces in it. <laughs> he gave up on his gold chains when he was when he came down to hurt, help Hurricane Katrina victims because he didn't want Hogan to think he was looting. Uh, he <laughs> isn't currently appearing on WWE television, but is appearing in Matt Riddle's withdrawals. I ain't your bro, bro. And uh, did you see him on those short shorts in Rocky Three? More like Mr. T's, am I right? I want to <laughs> suck his dick. All right. <laughs> For me. Roberts. Oh, good. I get to follow that one. Thanks. Uh, today we are roasting Mr. T, the man who went from the A-team to the D-list. <laughs> Mr. T main evented WrestleMania, 
is the phrase CM Punk says as he cries himself to sleep. <laughs> Despite wearing blackface, Roddy Piper doesn't have a racist bone in his body that Mr. T didn't punch at WrestleMania 2. <laughs> Mr. T's boxing match with Roddy Piper was the most crooked boxing match since the last one that just happened. <laughs> Mr. T was the perfect spokesman for 1-800-COLLECT because I absolutely believe he couldn't afford 35 cents. <laughs> there were plans, and, and this is true, for a Mr. T video game. I feel like Jay Leno with that fucking setup. Sorry. Uh, in it... <laughs> T was going to fight Nazis, but the deal fell through when they couldn't get the likeness rights for Kanye West. <laughs> Mr. T is the youngest of 12 children, which is one of the main prerequisites to becoming a pro wrestler. <laughs> However, unlike Bret Hart, mainstream audiences know who he is. <laughs> Mr. T headlining WrestleMania was huge. He was the biggest star of the era. He's like Logan Paul, except you know why Mr. T is famous. <laughs> hey, how funny would it be to see Mr. T go to a suicide forest? <laughs> be like, oh, this, this this fool, this fool was pitting himself too hard. All right, keep going. I'm sorry, Robbie. That was a great sorry. bit. I like it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Mr. T was uh, Mr. T was legitimately a big TV star. The only person bigger Vince could have gotten was Alf. But a guest with a hand shoved up his ass was already Liberace's gimmick. Oh, hey now. <laughs> the main event the main event of WrestleMania featured Mr. T, Hulk Hogan, Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff, and Bob Orton, which is why catering was just a pile of cocaine. <laughs> Speaking of Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, if him having a broken arm for 20 years didn't get wrestlers health care, nothing will. <laughs> Mr. T started in Rocky Three, which featured Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips. These days that name is more apt for Linda Hogan. <laughs> Rocky Three also starred Sylvester Stallone, which is fitting since today we're joined by the Frank Stallone of the Orton family, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. T is in the WWE Hall of Fame. His acceptance speech was so long it was mistaken for Batista's dick. In his speech, he hey, thanked his Nathan, mother. Nathan's girlfriend laughed at that one, so we don't know what's going on there. I'll take it. No, uh, in yes, his speech... In his Hall of Fame, <laughs> uh, I'll try In his Hall of Fame speech, he thanked his mother, Mama, or as she's known now, Pearl Milling. I don't get that. Mr. Pearl Milling is uh, all right. Now it's more fun to explain a joke. That was well, what thought... Aunt Jemima was, and they had to change the name to Pearl Milling because they thought uh, it was too racist. You fucking racist! Jesus Christ, Robert. Read a book, Dan. Yeah, I don't know. You, uh, Robert. Mr. T pities fools while Tony Khan signs them to long guaranteed contracts. And finally, I pity the fool that doesn't go to SaveWithConrad.com. SaveWithConrad.com. The only <laughs> Mr. T, the only Mr. T you know who, instead of gold chains around his neck, just has more necks around his neck. <laughs> Very nice, Robert. Very nice. Now, Nathan, we can just wait another minute until Scott shows up so you have more audience. Um, you know. If you guys just uh, figure out my cadence and laugh when you think it's appropriate, that's fine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. You know, I'll, you know um, I'll say this to kill a thirty seconds. Like, it's funny because you guys have knowledge of the business. You can tell that I just went to Wikipedia and all my setups are just different random facts. 
<laughs> yeah. It's just gonna be oh, okay. So yeah, I, I wrote some jokes. Not all of them are mean. They're just the kooky jokes. Yeah, these are ones, I mean, these weren't I mean, neither me and Robert had like some a lot of fuck you. It's really, you know, he's a hard one to really take down. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah. Most of these wrestlers, you know, like there's usually like legal proceedings at the bottom of their Wikipedia pages that are like seven paragraphs long. And oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. he didn't have that, so yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just get started. Fuck it. Uh, Mr. T is pretty dumb. In fact, when he boxed my dad, he kept letting my dad hit him. Hey, Mr. T, didn't you know if my dad is trying to hit you, you could just run away from home on your bike? <laughs> Mr. T isn't in touch with his emotions enough. In fact, when Mr. T boxed my dad, and my dad hit Mr. T. Mr. T didn't even cry like I would. Have. <laughs> this is just all about child abuse. You can see the theme here. <laughs> um, while researching Mr. T, I discovered that his father left when he was five. So I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mr. T was the youngest of 12 siblings. Gee, what is it with the youngest sibling and my dad hitting them? <laughs> um, Mr. T and his 11 siblings grew up in a three-bedroom apartment. That's exactly four kids per bedroom in an alleyway for his mother. Throughout his childhood, Mr. T witnessed many crimes, such as murder and rape, regularly, mostly while he murdered and raped people. <laughs> uh, Mr. T got horrible grades in elementary school, and I know this for certain, because why else would my dad hit him? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Hey, here's a, here's a pun. I... I I didn't want to do this one, but I am. Uh, Mr. T was expelled from college. Although he majored in mathematics, he couldn't count on graduating. Got uh, some Scott Chaplin jokes. Scott's not even here yet. Okay. <laughs> I hope he does the same exact joke. For, uh, we've done, had that on the show where like two or three of us have done the same exact show joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. Uh, after failing college, he went to the army where he was forced to cut down trees as punishment. He cut down an incredible 70 trees in 12 hours, or as Mr. T would say, about two trees per hour. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's bad at math. Uh, Mr. Tree... Um, <laughs> Mr. Tree. All right. Mr. T also cut down 100 trees on his property because he was allergic and had zero use for them, which is why you can also find him cutting down dictionaries and showers. <laughs> Uh, Mr. T became Mr. T when he was when he was 18 in response to the disrespect he felt from white people. Because what better way to combat racism than by wearing chains? <laughs> uh, Mr. T stopped wearing his gold chains after helping the victims of Hurricane Katrina and realizing that their gold chains were causing them to drown. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite one. <laughs> 
Uh, Mr. T was involved with a youth outreach program where children would teach him how to read. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, um, even though many people call Mr. T's haircut a mohawk, it's not. It's actually called retarded. (laughs) That was great. There, There they were. Nathan Orton, everybody. Hi, Scott. What's up, brother? What's up, dude? Nice <laughs> to see you. Missed you. The, Great the to first see two you. thirds of uh of of Nathan's set was just recounting his child abuse. <laughs> <laughs> and they are just jokes. My dad's a good man. Yeah. Good. Got good. To yes. that. He's gonna listen to this thing, you know. <laughs> You've seen him for Christmas soon. He's gonna fucking bring him, bring him make you bleed. Will you be seeing him for Christmas? I saw him for Thanksgiving. I'm not gonna make it back again for Christmas. I'm I'm with the uh girlfriend side of the family for Christmas. So that's a good no. thing. That's beautiful. He works thing. at WWE. Half and half. Yeah, yeah. She works at WWE. Oh, your girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's really cool. Shit. Yeah. Well, Scotty, you're it. You're it. Oh gosh. All right. This will be it. really well. Wait, my high spa is that like he's like the 80s, like 1980s. David Goggins is that guy? That guy's name, the guy who runs. Oh, yeah, he is. He is 1980s David Goggins. That's true. Really? Yeah, like That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, like uh, it. It, there's no actual, you know, David Goggins has like proof of uh, what he does, but for the 80s, you, you, they didn't have that, you know, like yeah. Richard Simmons wasn't an athlete, but he was like, he's like if Richard Simmons fucked an athlete. That's Mr. T. <laughs> it's like yeah. there's something very, um, training you how to exercise with but all he does is steroids you know like he can't actually train you uh so all right real quick Mr. so his bright T. side was that you think he does a lot of steroids <laughs> yeah. thanks scott did, did anyone say this did y'all open with uh let's give it up for django gold chained <laughs> you've had a lot of chain <laughs> jokes for sure oh, yeah yeah one, yeah, that yeah. One probably that was a superior joke for sure um he looked like he got kicked out of the village people for showing up too gay. <laughs> uh, he pities the fools and pays for the pussy. <laughs> he talks like a constipated cookie monster. <laughs> um, he looks, he has a frohawk. He looks like someone spilt Colt 45 on a mogwai. <laughs> oh that's great uh he looks like marvin gay <laughs> he, he dresses like if one of the three wise men was dumb he's junkyard dog if the junkyard was in wakanda <laughs> he's the cheapest tea since the arizona cans uh mr t because it's as far as he can go in the alphabet <laughs> i shouldn't say this but i'm going to anyway mr t is an acronym for a uh, major retard t <laughs> that's so dumb anyway uh and finally um he boxed um bob orton right it, uh mr t fought mr hep c 
<laughs> oh man, that was great. Oh, oh, damn it. The Hep C joke. There we go. 72 <laughs> though, you know, he's fucking killing yeah. for Hep C. That's my dad's 72. I guess Hep C is like a longevity virus. Hell yeah, dude. You know yeah. what I think is too is your dad though was never like juicing like the rest of his coworkers. Like neither was, was was Roddy really? I mean, and he, you know, thanks. So. Well, how does a man get hep, hep C or something? Well, like I... sharing, right? I mean, what do you blame a man for sharing? <laughs> or work in a job where other people are bleeding on you for decades, Scott. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you hope. I bet you a lot of cops have Hep C, right? <laughs> they got the glove. That, that very reason. <laughs> um. Well, Nathan, dude, thank you so much for doing the show, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. That was fucking fun. Good to meet yeah, you, dude. Robert. Good to see you, Scott. Great so, seeing you, dude. Happy holidays. Before, uh, before you, we're gonna just talk current wrestling now. And Nathan has made it clear to us, Scott, that uh, he has no use for wrestling, which I respect. <laughs> I have no more. idea. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. um, what do you got to promote, buddy? Oh, me. Um, if people liked those jokes or whatever, you can follow me on uh, Instagram at uh, Nathan Orton NYC. I don't post, but um, I don't Hell care about plug. social. <laughs> Bad with social media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll post about shows though. Uh, my story. If you're in New York, come see me or something. I'm, I'm kind. Of, I'm pretty good uh, at stand up. I think. Yeah, man. Super yeah. funny. Funny guy, man. <laughs> Check out Nathan. I, uh, you know, pleasantly surprised because there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who get into wrestling who, I mean, people from the wrestling world, even though Nathan's just related to it, he's not in it, who get into stand-up, and it's uh, it's agonizing, to say the least. No, Nathan doesn't even, when Nathan's on stage, he doesn't even get, like, if it's other comics, they don't even turn shocked, like, oh, it's this, you know, this Orton being good at comedy they're like oh it's an attractive man who's like takes care of himself and he's good at comedy like they're impressed that you're fit and do com like he's like uh he's very very funny man yeah you knock it out of the park uh that's yeah. scott i've always been a fan of you uh Thank we you. met we met each other doing roasts battles yeah you were judging yeah. me yeah uh fan of everyone here so it was really cool to be on this and uh hopefully i'll see you guys at a show soon we could kill it I'm yeah, man. Let's, uh, let's get together, brother. Let's do it. Text me, guys. Uh, enjoy right, the rest course. of your podcast. You later. And, uh, your girlfriend seems lovely. You guys have a great holiday. He's great. You too. Bye, guys. Take care. Out, later. Nathan Orton, everybody. Nathan Orton. Uh, that was fun, man. And some really fun jokes. Glad to have glad to have gotten him on, and I'm glad to have Scotty on because we're going to be talking about dynamite. Um. It's time for some. Sure, we're glad about that part. Well, let's talk about it. Hour one. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, cut a uh, promo where he refused entry to the Jericho Appreciation Society, then was beaten down by Danny Garcia, Jake Hager, Sammy Guevara, Chris, and then they were all saved by Action Andrade. Uh, Death Triangle versus the Elite. In a no holds barred match for the trios titles, an MJF promo, a Brian Danielson promo that was interrupted by Ethan Page and Stokely Hathaway, a John Moxley promo, Hook versus a guy, 
And uh, this bled into the second hour, but John Moxley versus Darius Martin. Um, what did you think of this first hour, Scott? I didn't hate it. I don't think they did anything t- too disrespectful. It just, none of it was great. And it felt like a Christmas episode in the way tribute to the troops feels where you're like, oh, this is a bit phoned in, even though it wasn't even necessarily phoned in. But there was a disconnect. Um, The Starks Jericho thing, I guess it does feel like a logical enough next feud for Starks because Jericho is, you know, Chris Jericho. But doesn't feel important or special. I do like Action Andretti. I don't think the way he ran out like this, dressed in his ring gear, uh, really, I don't know, doing the moves he did was like the best use of him. Uh, I thought they could have been smarter with it, but yeah, I, I didn't think it was an awesome way to open the show. Um, I did like the e- Elite Death Triangle match, but I also thought it was the worst of what, four matches so far five oh, matches I didn't, I didn't so far. really hmm. yeah i thought it was the worst of them I, I i liked it i thought there were some really cool fun moments and some moments that looked like they hurt like hell but i don't know there was also that small disconnect um and i thought the hammers at the end i haven't thought the hammers were excessive once this entire time but when you're like bleeding guys bloody with hammers um i don't know it shouldn't drag out for three minutes what else happened on this fucking first hour hook versus exit is prime i actually liked that i i uh you know tony khan we all love aw matches and how great they can be bell to bell but we also love so many aw characters and when you have these matches when it's focused on just one guy and not two people facing each other it's a lot more fun um, for fans, at least fans of people like Hook and the Danhausens, And even I think like Jungle Boy should be squashing guys. Um, I don't know, more squashes, more things like that. So I, I did enjoy that enough. I mean, I think the Moxley match is the second hour, but I didn't jo- enjoy that as much. But I think that's just like Moxley, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're a bit tired of him. Yeah, I don't know. Just wasn't an electric first hour, but it was it was okay. I I didn't mind any of the backs backstage stuff. I don't think. You know that is a good point to bring up though, because it's like I I don't before like Nitro and um and Raw were trying to kill each other. Like this is like most TV episodes were terrible. <laughs> you know, like most of them were like just kind of like uh, they all felt like Christmas filler episodes. And you know, I don't I don't even mind that sometimes, but uh. Yeah, it, it definitely did feel. I, I I am very I'm very happy that they didn't just not have Ricky Starks on TV. Like that's a more of a Tony move where he would just be like, "All right, well, I'm just not going to put him on again next week." Like, so they're like going somewhere with him. As far as like the Ricky Starks promos, like I said, it's this weird thing where it's like I think if he was gay, it would be phenomenal. But like, there's like an element here where it's just it just feels like a straight guy insulting how you dress. And like that, that's not as like nasty as like a gay guy talking about how you're a slob. Like that's more fun. Yeah, um, he seems way more offended about the possibility that you might not respect how much his shoes cost than he does about other. You know, like the fire under his ass feels very like what you just said. 
and not yeah. so much like a guy fighting for a title. Yeah, which I'm actually fine with if uh, they leaned into that more. But the, you know, they kind of like serve a couple masters there. But yeah. I actually like that. I mean, I, I like the Death Triangle lead match. I thought no, I, thought, I liked it. It just it was my least favorite of uh, you know out of those. And uh, oh, the, oh, the thing the that I will be so remiss, which I'm sure Robert will talk, and I think the worst thing about the first hour, which I'm sure Scott, you'll probably even agree with me too, is is that they keep bringing up Regal, man. And like, I just don't know what fucking disconnect that. Like, it's like, we know he's at the other company. We know he just got promoted to vice president. We know he's doing great. Just don't bring him up anymore. Give like, there's a million things you can do to get Daniel Bryan and MJF started. There's a million things um, that you can do. Um, their personalities in general are, um, their personalities in general. All right, guys, 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 my, my dogs are attacking each other. Their personalities in general are, are so uh, antithetical that you could just find natural hate between these guys. But um, yeah, it was, it, it was, a, it was, a, it was a little bizarre, but zoom just entered the room. So I think we could get it's usually. Hey, is this, who is this? Mike. Mike Warren. Hey. Hey. It went dark. We can't even, <laughs> this, the last outlaw of wrestle roasts, Michael Lawrence. Oh fuck you! <laughs> but yeah, I thought that 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 was that to me was like, why are you bringing up this regal shit, man? Like, yeah. just Mike, did you catch the first hour of Dynamite? I did. Yeah, yeah, I came on to talk about it. Yeah, you liked. There were there were things that I liked. I, you know, the thing is, um, when it there was a while when Dynamite was bad in a way that wasn't even fun to talk about, and it's fun to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, even okay, that Jericho thing, right? Where I, I didn't like much of it at all. But when when Ricky Starks uh said that uh JAS should stand for jobber or whatever, and it's like that's not a great insult, but the face Jericho made, it's like there's these little moments where you're like, ah oh, fuck, he is so much better than like you Ricky know almost Starks. everybody ever. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was amazing was that like like action andretti who is so funny because it's like there's like a like like one of those choose your adventure books where he either could have come out and saved ricky or done the fireball segment and tony just picked both (laughs) (laughs) it was such a mess and it it was interesting because like when he ran out to help Ricky, like it felt like like a kid who sucks at video games playing on Game Genie. Like he still didn't fully know what to do, but he was invincible. <laughs> like he was he was one of the most protected people in that running. Like he got all those dudes out, and and then the fireball thing happens. That was later. second hour, I think. But yeah. Oh, I'm so that sorry. Was first I, hour. I, I, it, it it blurs, but uh, wait. Was, first like, hour was fireball? first hour was still the fireball. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, my bad. Because yeah, it, I just remember it happening. You know, not immediately back to back, but quick enough that I was like, "Wait, so you just did two weeks of television <laughs> in an hour?" <laughs> it was so weird. Like, I would not have had that guy out twice. It was stupid to me. Jericho was probably like, you know, Tony. I know it's Christmas, but I don't need to be home. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just, I, it was weird. Cause yeah, like Ricky, 
Yeah, Ricky is like good adjacent at promos. Like I can't even tell you what he's missing, but it's something. And I mean, I remember, you know, me, Dan, and Scott, I think, watched the first NWA Power and he was on it and cut a promo on there. And he still like has he's like it still feels like like when I watch that show, you know, everyone on there is almost doing like an impression of what they think a wrestler is. And I think Ricky still does that a little bit. Like you could see parts of himself, but it's still sticky enough to take away the sincerity. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I just, I don't know. I think like it should be more. I, I'm the opposite. I think he should be either sincere or more sticky. And he's not like doing, but he's better. He's better as a sincere promo. Like we saw him when we were at you know, at Arthur Ashe and he cut that promo and everyone had fucking left, but it was a great promo, you know? Yeah. Um. So maybe that's what you do. Just like have him be the guy who's like really into fucking wrestling. That's fine. It doesn't have to be like a Daniel Bryan type that's into wrestling every time. So Would you have that guy dress like he just uh, got his first gift card at Macy's? <laughs> he just he just he he like he his persona is like guy on our kardashians who's just comfortable enough to now start talking shit like he's dating, <laughs> he's dating one of the kardashians and now he's just comfortable enough to like yeah yell at uh at kendall or something i don't know his personality guy is guy who comes out of the closet just to show you what he picked out to wear in the closet <laughs> i actually think it would be better i don't know i think he's straight in real life but i think his character is gay would be better yeah that's that's just my opinion you know but robert uh you've been uh you know i see the smoke coming out of your ears as we talk about booking for this first hour what did you think of this first hour sir um so first, Ricky Starks is, and, and Mike hit the exact word I had written, it's an imitation of a wrestler. He's imitating The Rock, and I think part of the problem is he's imitating The Rock in year 2000, when in his career he's rocking like 97 before he wins the Intercontinental title. He hasn't earned the confidence that he has, so it comes across as, as phony. It, there's an insecurity when he talks a lot that you feel like it's a guy reciting lines and doing shtick as opposed to believing any of it. So it feels like a lot like when you watch The Miz and it's just like a performance as opposed to any sort of authenticity. And when he like he yeah, when he yelled his name and the audience didn't really respond, it, it's it's uncomfortable. He's a guy who we should have gotten a TNT title run out of him. We should have gotten to understand who he is and root for him and want to see him get to this position as opposed to he's gone from TV for a while and now all of a sudden he's getting a title shot and he's out there and it just feels like a disconnect. Um, yeah, the fashion thing is weird because he was ripping on MJF for wearing Ferragamos and making that the whole shtick of their fight. And now he's out there, you know, dressed and making fun of what other people are wearing, which is kind of odd. Action Andretti is infinitely more bizarre to me like this is is this like tony's cousin and we just didn't Apparently know it jericho, on dark elevation jericho saw one match of him and was like oh, this kid's gonna be a star i'm gonna make him a star against qt marshall i yeah. would have given qt this this rub but like there are so many guys that they have but you would have given qt many rubs i would have given him a lot more than just a rub um 
but you know that makes you uh different than his wife yeah, we did watch that documentary. They have a very sad existence. Uh, she's, she well. seems like a, a sweet lady. Uh, yeah. It's so weird given how many people they have on their main roster who we talk about all the time who are not getting any TV time. And then this kid who's been on television once, they're like, we're going to make him the central focus of Dynamite. And we're going to give him the feud with Jericho, which we've seen them do with Jungle Boy, and then dropped it. And then we saw them do it with Orange Cassidy and then dropped it. Like the Jericho rub doesn't necessarily mean what it used to but we're going with this kid so whatever the the elite uh death triangle thing i mean scott kind of proved my point that i had a couple weeks ago which is stop doing a best of seven because these are all going to be diminished returns if we hadn't just seen these guys wrestle three times in the last month this would have been a really fun match instead it was the third or fourth most fun match we've seen them have. And those hammers are just fucking stupid. Um, and they get more and more dumb to the point where everyone's going to have hammers and it's going to be a Thor match. The Danielson promo, not only did he get William Regal over as being an asset and a truly remarkable person, but a Shawn Michaels chant on, on dynamite. Like how, how, like, I don't know what the fuck they're thinking, but he gave this passionate thing about you put my, you know, my mentor in the hospital. I'm going to get revenge. I am mad as hell. And then Ethan Page came out there and they're making jokes about being bald and turning each other into vegetables. So it undercut the whole mood of like, I'm going to go kill you. And now it's Stokely, jokes was kind of about fun, vegetables. Stokely was having fun, but it was a totally different tone. I really like the Moxley interview, the little vignette that he did talking about hangman. For this $300,000 battle royal, which is like they're just trying to kill Jim Cornette at this point by making up stipulations. Um, but the whole thing about like, yeah, I put him in the hospital with a clothesline. What do you think I was going to do? Comb his hair? Like it was kind of a like I like this version of Moxley just being a dick. And he's like, all right, I injured the guy. What do you expect? I'm going to wrestle Darius Martin. He's injury prone. I'm going to injure this fucking guy too. Who cares? Uh, and then it was nice to see Hook on TV. It was nice to see Hook get a pop. Exodus Prime is the best name for a jobber possibly ever. Uh, and then it is a really good jobber name, Exodus Prize. But my fear is, and I'm putting this out into the universe to hope that this doesn't happen. When they put Jungle Boy in, when, when Big Bill Morrissey put Jungle Boy in a dumpster, I thought, we're getting a dumpster match. That we're going to get Hook and Jungle Boy versus Morrissey and. Lee Moriarty in a dumpster match. We're definitely going to get that. Wait, that's not bad. What's bad about that? Yeah, what's bad? I'm, it's going to be because when you, when you, what you want to see is you want to see Hook try to lift up W. Morrissey and put him into a dumpster. But what do Brother, you Hook is yeah. from the concrete jungle, dude. He knows all about dumpsters. Yeah. Wait, 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 Robert. Robert, you think Hook putting Big Bill in a dumpster isn't fucking awesome? Because it is. I'd like to see how they get to that. I'm, I'm like hoping when, it involves it's like a when Nash was super shredder, dude. Hook is gonna go ham. <laughs> I mean, I like, wait. I just understand, Robert. Like, would you rather see? Oh, you know what? I want to see a really long match between Jungle Boy and and Big Bill. Yes, give me thirty five minutes uh, of just straight nah. technical. That's that's how Tony Khan books TV. So no, was it? I, I said it last I... week. Hook has to. Hook has to treat. Jungle Boy, like he's Encino Man, he needs to introduce him to 2022. He needs to bring him to strip clubs and get these like funny vignettes of Jungle Boy becoming the stud that he is. 
speaking of vignettes, what was the point of like, why does Samoa Joe have two titles and why was he home with both of those titles and Wardlow just wasn't there? That was super weird. I mean, Joe was funny as being a dick, but I don't understand anything going on with Samoa Joe or what the point of him is. Dude, I loved that segment because it just felt like Wardlow ordered like a really surly cameo for himself. <laughs> it, it just felt like watching Samoa Joe on cameo. It was so in his like sweater and everything. It, it, I don't know, man. It, it, I mean, I'll be honest, I'd forgotten some of the things that you'd mentioned on this first hour, and it's crazy how much happened. And, and some of it, yeah, some of it works, some of it, um, does not. I mean, what, did, what was the exact line that he said? Like, I'll leave you a vegetable here in San Antonio was one of the dumbest. Yes. <laughs> it was so stupid. It made me think, you know, it made me think of Mike. It's, I don't know if you get it. The, uh, the Simpsons thing of she said she's going to marry a carrot <laughs> was exactly what I kept thinking when they were doing this. Oh, dude, I'm, I don't know why Ethan Page doesn't get a you don't win friends with salad chant going when uh, Daniel Bryan comes out. And the thing with like Ethan Page, like he's I I still I'm not totally bought in on this guy, but he's got a lot more energy to him than Ricky Starks does when they talk. Like you I, know, you know what though? It's like this company is it's is interesting because of Rampage and Dark Elevation. There really is like so many jabronis. Like it's funny that they're doing a storyline where a jobber comes out of nowhere and beats a big star when so many of their main roster just feels like jobbers out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> and it, it's interesting because you'll see guys that you really like or guys that are over, and then they feud with people that aren't for just a little bit. And you're like, oh, that, like, thing is, I do think Ethan Page is talented, but I can't help but think when Brian Danielson is out there cutting a passionate promo and that's who comes out that it is a massive downgrade for Brian Danielson. Yeah, it's it's a, we needed somebody for next week who was not already booked elsewhere. Uh, we'll just use Ethan Page. And Denton Brian's like, eh, fine. You know, brain damage is brain damage. Because there's a way to do that, right? Where it's like, oh, Ethan Page is getting elevated. But for some reason on AEW, a lot of times it feels like the opposite of like, Oh, they're punishing this guy. Like the amount of times Darby has had to like wrestle not over people, and you're like, what did Darby do? <laughs> well, Darby Darby was great on this show. He oh wait, I'm sorry. No, he wasn't on this show again. One of the most overacts they have. He got murdered um, by Joe. When? Like three weeks ago. They don't remind you of these things. Oh, that was a week ago. Too, Shit doesn't too. really matter. Where, where was House of Black? Did they get murdered? Did I miss that? They're coming. Scott, Scott. It was a Christmas special, dude. They're they're fucking heathens. Scott, let's be honest. <laughs> Not allowed to have a pagan Christmas. Scott, if if Samoa Joe had murdered Darby, he would have been like stuffed and like in on his mantle or something. <laughs> In his wonderful Bing Crosby Christmas card, <laughs> it would be funny to like the camera just panned to the right and he was in like a dog crate, <laughs> just waiting to get fed. All right, let's get to hour uh, two. The Gun Club versus FTR, they get the big win. 
a Sanjay Dutt and Jeff Jarrett rap. Not making that up. Rick Ross cuts a heel promo while Swerve Scott sends Parker Bordeaux and then another big dude to beat up Keith Lee. And a uh and a and a very excellent main event, Jamie Hader Rashida for the AEW Women's Championship. Jamie Hader wins, you know, the same ending of every single women's match we've had for the last year where the baby faces come out and you know, try to ward off the heels, setting up a tag match. Um Mike, what do you think of the second hour? I thought that um there's one thing you didn't mention, and I'm only mentioning because I did think it was interesting, was the Book of Hobbs segment. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. Yeah, that no, that's that... okay. I just think that, like, I don't know where that's going, but it is really fascinating. And, I mean, that guy's life story feels so uh, harrowing. Uh, I know he lost his brother, and he decided to become a wrestler, you know, to help fulfill his, like, brother's dream or whatever. Like, how is he not one of your most over baby faces? Like he's talking about being abused as a child and everything. And I get that that can be a heel thing, but there's something so likable about this guy at his, at his core. I, yeah. I, I think I remember mentioning when I went to uh, AEW at the forum, he was out there watching a lot of the matches and just, you know, really nice with fans and everything. And to me, that dude is a big money baby face. I would not, he feels like a mid card heel, but I think he could be a top baby face. And, and AEW doesn't have people do media appearances that much uh, outside of their embarrassing scrums, but he's a guy that I could see. I mean, he looks like a fucking wrestler. He looks like what you think a wrestler is. And then he's human enough and has a f- amazing backstory that could, you know, win people over and watch the product. That's my thought. Um, this is what I'm talking about. What I say when, when someone, you know, degrades someone else, like this, this felt less like the gun club won and like the, that FTR lost and that this was like FTR being punished or something. But, um, you know, I know they're doing like a losing streak. Making him drop to everybody. No, they're going back to WWE, man. That's why he's they're losing this much. Yeah. Yeah. No, if um, they were going back to WWE, Daniel Sim would be talking about how they're the best tag team ever. <laughs> <laughs> but literally, I mean, like they've lost to the Acclaim, the Briscoes, and the Gun Club in the past like week and a half. Yeah. They'll yeah. lose at Wrestle Kingdom, I guess. And, um, and you know, and they're. Yep. They're a team that the amount of times where we've mentioned them because they weren't on television when they should have been is that's the thing. It's like, would you rather see them on TV losing or not on TV at all? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I actually, I, I like that they were at least very, very injured in the match. Yeah. Yes. He suffered a broken ass. <laughs> yeah, which, I mean, that match was unbelievable, the Briscoes match. And so, you know, it makes sense, especially if, one, they're on their way out, which I'm guessing they are, um, or two, uh, they're not on their way out, and now everybody thinks they are, which that's AEW's favorite thing is trying to, you know, swerve the microcosm and... of their yes, the internet yes, fans exactly. that already are going to watch anyway yeah that's exactly. always great yeah. this uh, okay so my, my my favorite thing of 
of this hour and, and this night. Um, Rick Ross, I think, got zero producing before he went out there. It, it was, was kind so, of fun. It was kind of fun, though. It was. It genuinely Wild. was. It, this is a much better version of the LeVar Ball segment. Completely. It is. It's like if LeVar Ball like, could pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Keith Lee's face when he said motherfucker was... <laughs> Well, he said he called him like a big motherfucker, right? <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're a big motherfucker. And like, and the look on Keith Lee's face was so funny. Um, this was, the, you know, the, the, this was like an entertaining segment until the goons came out. When those guys came out, I just felt like I was watching any pro wrestling program ever. You know, am I in the minority? The- I think these guys could be good. Yeah, no, I like that Swerve's hanging with white supremacists. Um, no, but I mean, like, I mean, like, well, I mean, you know, like just how they look, they look like, you know, two, they kind of remind me of like white public enemy. Well, they it's very like Joker henchmen, right? <laughs> it's very well. Them, I was going to say, they should call them American History DX. <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what were you saying, Scott? Swerve kind of plays like a Jokerish character, and these guys. I mean, the one thing I can say, and no, I don't like them with him, and I don't want him to have a faction. But I can say, since they're not like popular, they do feel more like henchmen and not like his wrestling partners. They just feel like I don't know, low lifes, like kind of expendable, like like the Joker would have. You know, he doesn't give a fuck about them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like ex cons is what I mean. Like he he met them in fucking jail or something. Yeah, it, it felt like I mean I, I just think they look you know they look cool you know and there's a lot of people. Yeah, but Parker ate a dick, man. He like went out there and you could see him whispering to fucking Keith about what to do next, and he I thought he bombed. That other guy wasn't good either. Uh, apparently, no, this guess, this yeah. this was saved by Rick Ross commenting through the whole thing um and just having fun like you thought like you know maybe he was going to be a baby face a little bit and just like reveling in keith lee getting beat up um i mean this was a mess of a segment uh but and and i don't like this direction for swerve and then um look man you know i i i often say the 925 thing and and criticize them for that um, I think it was great uh, that they and this the ratings on this were uh, nine hundred fifty seven thousand. So I mean that's not oh, wow. that far off from their regular uh, kind of show. And um, I thought it was awesome that you know even if it is a holiday episode, they gave the woman the main event and they put on a main event level match. And uh, well, you know, in their defense, like I, I think that these are the only two girls that could have done it. You know, like as far as just having a great main event. Like, I don't... Like, Scott, do you think there's any better female wrestlers than Hater and Sheeta that they have right now? Um, I mean, that match made me think no way. You know, that was yeah. definitely one of the best matches they've they've done, especially considering that, like, you know, I think Britt Baker has a few of their best matches, and I don't necessarily agree. Like, I don't know if they are the best matches. They just have some cool moments. I thought this was one of the best matches that, yeah, the women have done. It was cool. Fun main event. And then when they had the Tony Storm and um Soraya come out at the end, like I hate when these shows end like this, like you said, they do this all the time. And it's like it really makes the division feel small, it makes the company feel small. You could have just had it end with hater gloating and all that stuff. 
I don't think you needed all this extra, you know. But but overall, I thought this was like a decent show. Um, and you know, the highs are high and the lows are very low. And um, hopefully, uh, they figure out how to book uh, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks in storylines that actually can make money. I mean, some of it made money for sure. You're a Jamie hater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like uh, the Hangman page was, that was, a, you know, like that's your eyeballs. His uh, Omega's championship run. No, I'm saying, but this thing, this best of seven is a is a turd. No, I mean, this, this, I mean, they, they need to move on from this. I agree, but uh, you know, yeah. that's just good. Robert, tell us uh, why we were wrong about the few things we liked. Uh, Moxley versus uh, Darius Martin was in this hour, which was totally fine. Um, you're, you're. I feel like this was a better spotlight of somebody than what they were doing for Action and Dreddy, and that you put him in there with Moxley. It was a it was a good brawl. The announcers were doing a nice job trying to make it work. I liked the Hobbs video package a lot. I liked this a lot better than the first one when they had like the bad acting of guys rolling dice on the street and then they see him walk by and they like freak out. But the one part where he was talking about all the things that happened to him, I kept thinking of Groundhog Day where I've been stabbed, shot, poisoned, frozen, hung. And it it just it I have a fucked up uh, mind sometimes. The Gun Club FTR match. It looked like there was a really good story that they had going into it. Could have used a video package before, as opposed to them trying to like talk over, like Tony Schiavone was trying to get the story out and like, no, no, that's the next video package we're going to get to. Like it was a well-built feud to get to this match. Tell that story. It's so rare. You get to earn those moments. Uh, but yeah, to Mike's point, it felt more like FTR lost than gun club one. Um, the uh, the Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt rat video. This was the first time in a long time acclaimed were not on dynamite. You know, that was the whole thing. Like they're they're you know, every Wednesday they're on, and you really kind of miss them this week. Uh, this was a weird. This was just weird. Uh, the speaking with the Rick Ross thing. It, I'm sure they told Rick what to do in advance, and he just didn't care, and he was just going to go say what he wanted to say, which made it a lot more fun. Um, the camera blocking on this was brutal. Uh, the 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 way they laid it out, where you're like, you gotta have eyes in the back of your head, and they're just lingering on Swerve because you know someone's going to show up, and clearly Parker missed his cue. Uh, it was a little rough. They have to stop using cinder blocks. They just they look goofy. Like we know it's not a real cinder block. Cinder blocks don't disintegrate that quickly. Uh, it takes you out of the moment where it just would have been cool for them to hold him down and swerve jumps off the top, puts him through a table. Maybe these guys are going to work out Parker and the guy covered in face tattoos who used to be a Mexican baseball player. Uh, we'll see. And I thought the main event was it was great. It was everything we hoped that they would give let the women do as opposed to relegating him to 930 and you know Jamie Hader and Sheeta proved that they deserved it and then Tony has little faith in that so he needed to throw out Tony Storm and Soraya and we you know we got to send the crowd home happy or else uh, they might say something mean about him on the internet <laughs> Dude, I I I I blocked that that rap segment out man it it, I couldn't even understand what um, Dutt was saying. It was it was so it was so bad that 
they almost should have done it live if that's the take they were going to use for a pre-tape. Yeah, it was a little, it was a little, it was a little spotty, but uh, you know, Christmas wrestling, Christmas wrestling, folks. Um, well, no, no, Christmas wrestling works when it was Raw used to be on like December twenty fifth, and they knew they weren't going to get an audience. It's December 22nd. Like it's it's not like people are traveling today to get home for Christmas necessarily where they weren't home on a Wednesday night to watch the show on the 21st. Like that excuse is kind of flimsy. Like you, you had time was to build on Christmas. Starcade was on Christmas every year. Wrestling was built around the holidays. Yes, so that it was around wrestlers not ex- being around their kids so that way yeah. the kids become comedians who come on our show. <laughs> Get that Nathan Orton bridge up. Let's get the high spot, low spot. I'm going to start with my high spot. Our spot, our high spot is we're doing our Wrestle Roast Christmas party that you can get invited to live. If you are a patron, uh, Zach will be uh, in in the uh, on the Patreon page. Will be uh, revealing the email um, that you will be sending uh, your email to if you were a patron, and uh, then we will invite you to this party. We're going to be doing a secret roast. We're going to be doing our Wrestle Roasts Awards, and we are going to be unveiling our holiday cameos. Um, I also, I guess, I, I should go into it now. I have this our January schedule. Do you guys want to hear it? Do we have a choice? Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. Bring it January, on. January sixth, we're going to do the roast of John Cena. So wait, 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 wait. Uh, yeah, not Jericho's wife? I assumed it was Jericho's wife. Yeah. I was going to say. How are you not doing the rest of the oh, That's hilarious. I didn't even think of that, man. Well, uh, we don't know. We don't even know enough. I mean, the thing is, do we have? We there, don't even. We know don't enough. know enough. What do you? Well, like, I don't. We don't know enough about her. You know, to do a whole roast on her. Well, I mean, the January sixth commission report came out. I haven't read it yet today, so I haven't like searched Irvine to see if anything <laughs> pops up. But... You guys, we'll get all right. Well, maybe we'll switch this around. But the roast I'm really happy for in January. It's January 21st, folks. We're roasting Mantar. So uh, you guys get ready for that one. Probably the parade. Wait, 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 wait a minute. So you don't think there's enough on Jericho's wife, <laughs> but you do think there's enough on Mantar. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> Should we do Jericho's wife for January 6th? Even Chris doesn't want to do Jericho's wife, so I don't know. <laughs> Uh, all right, fuck it. January 6th, we're doing Jericho's wife. <laughs> <laughs> this is so fucked up. We actually may get heat for that one. Yeah, uh, it's possible. Wait, wait a minute. Just now, have we? I think there's a way to make this bigger. I, I know you're, you, I don't really help produce the show anymore, but let me just say, let me throw this out there. Have you roasted Chris Jericho yet? Yes, you were on the show. Oh. <laughs> you were on it oh <laughs> thank you mike really appreciate your your input on this uh, i think there's more to say about jericho a second time than mantara first <laughs> hey, he man. would be our first ever second roaster look he was also gold dust's butler for a little bit nobody talks about that January 9th, our Patreon, we're going to be doing the Royal Rumble 2000. That's the one where it's Triple H versus Cactus Jack in a no-holds-barred match in Madison Square Garden. January 16th, we're going to be doing, this is a little different, the Power Slap League premiere, where that first, that new TBS show, the Power Slap League, 
We're going to be reviewing it on Patreon. January 23rd, our Patreon roast for next month um, will be the roast of Nick Gage. Our Patreon roast this week is the roast of Barry Horowitz. So um, a lot of fun stuff coming up. And for something of sports entertainment, Robert will be doing Raw. Next month, I'm going to be doing all Royal Rumbles. So uh, my low spot this week, you know, I'll just go ahead. I really hope that, like, whatever like riddle figures out whatever the fuck is going on right now because it seems like i just don't want him to be another fucking dark side of the ring uh, <laughs> um and it's it just seems like nothing is looking that great right now for him but like i i hope that you know he figures it out and i think he's a big star and stuff that you know like i know he's got a he's got a you know a pass but you know, I don't know. That was, it, it's kind of depressing because you, you almost, you, you think with like all this time, you know, that like at some point these wrestlers are going to stop being so self-destructive. But as I look at my own history, I mean, that's, that's not my story, let alone wrestlers. So it's going to happen. I was, I was just kind of bummed out to, to see all this, like, you know, is he in rehab? Is he not in rehab? Is he, is he, where is he, you know, what's going on with his family? It's just, it's not, you know, you don't want him to be the next Sonny or whatever. Um, what making porn that you're gonna pay for? <laughs> I mean, that's very possible. He's been apparently going around these porn stars like crazy. So that always ends well. Yeah, that always. Yeah, that's always a good idea. Uh, <laughs> Robert, what's your high uh, spot? I have two high spots. One tangentially with porn uh mandy rose who was uh, released in the wwe last week apparently is on track to become a self-made millionaire by the end of this year from her uh whatever she's uh posting online so thanks patreon fans for funding dan's account so he can keep mandy rose afloat yeah, uh, my other cool. my other high spot was uh on rick flair's instagram and wwe was oh, a picture geez. from the roast of Ric Flair with what looks <laughs> oh like Dan God. melting like ice cream into his chair. <laughs> yeah, Sarah, like, she, I was like, it's a bad picture. She's like, oh, it's not bad. And I showed her, she goes, ugh. <laughs> that is love. <laughs> Keep that, gal. Uh, my low spot is our Lord and Savior, Tony Khan. On Twitter, at this point in time, keep in mind, ratings, not doing great. Been below a million a lot of pressure, wrestlers wanting to leave, a lot of bad press. Takes time to go on social media to say, I haven't <laughs> worn glasses at all in years. So if your social media presence is built around a profile pic of me in glasses, aim to portray me unflatteringly. As each day passes, you become less relevant. This is The jerk why... store just called, and they're out of here. This is why Vince never saw AEW as competition. Can you imagine Vince going on social media to comment on something that's like, you know, wearing glasses? Like, it, this kid, bless his heart, someone needs to take the computer away from Tony. Like, he's Elon Musking himself a little bit here, and it's getting, uh, it's getting rough. Dude, let me tell you, man, if ever there was a Tony tweet that I read in the Gilbert Godfrey voice, it was that one. I was almost going to do it, but I don't want to. It hurts your voice. It's okay. But, man, what a <laughs> yeah. he's such He's such a loser, man. Like, he... money, tough, money man. can't buy you a personality, folks. I mean, it's just like when I, when I read that, I just thought it was a joke for a second. I was like, oh, this is one of the, like, the parody accounts. This has to be a parody account. I thought it was a parody account joke, and apparently it was not, um, which is uh, 
terrifying as is that oh that the other low spot that chat ai thing yeah. that exists out there i sent you guys all this yeah. if you enter in a person and like write a joke in the style of dan saint germain or mike lawrence it will do it and it's fucking creepy i put one from my twitter account and it churned out like a joke that i was like all right we're we're all completely irrelevant and we're going to be uh you know replaced by robots i i Explaining that to you guys, it wasn't like great, but it was fine. The Mike's one was the was the funniest, where it was something about eating a vegan burger, and he's like, "Well, that's not true. I would never eat a vegan burger." Yeah, it was like I went to a vegan restaurant. I'm like, "No, I didn't." <laughs> what did what what was mine? I hold on. I I texted these to everyone. Let me just. It was just a, like a, a a gunshot blast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yes. Sorry. Mike's joke was, I went to a restaurant and ordered the vegan burger. It was so dry and flavorless. I asked the waitress if it was actually vegan or they just forgot to cook it. Dan's was, I tried to join a gym, but they told me I had to have a referral from a current member. So I went home and asked my couch if it would refer me. It said no, but it would give me a good spot to take a nap. So the computer knows that Dan won't work out and is kind of sad i think i'm okay comedy wise i don't think that guy's got anything on me but you know yeah yeah that's right robots you ain't rising anytime soon on my watch yeah these kind of just hurt our feelings because it's like our our jokes that we write this bad (laughs) it depends on the night depends on the ocean and scott scott scott's scott's was just the word boo (laughs) (laughs) just gay and caps it just said it's dope so, um, Scott, high spot, low spot. Oh, my low spot is going to be all this Miro drama, whatever it is or isn't. Who? I guess what, yeah, what Miro Rusev day is. Uh, I guess Meltzer said that Tony wanted him to wrestle at full gear, but I guess he wanted him to lose to, I think, maybe Powerhouse Hobbs. And uh, Miro did not want to, and so they didn't agree on it. And my low spot is just not finding a place for Miro. I don't even necessarily blame Miro um, if he doesn't want to lose to a guy. Um, because, I don't know, there's other things to do with him before he needs to lose anyway. So maybe let him win a bunch. Uh, unless you found out you know, at some point this year that he had plans on going back to WWE, then yeah, I get it and don't use him at all. Uh, but that is my low spot because he's a fucking talent and I'd like to see him wrestle just in general. My high spot is somebody uploaded Omega versus El Generico in uh, DDT on YouTube, the full match, and it's a blast. And So I watched that at like 2 in the morning the other night. High spot, baby. Getting excited for Wrestle Kingdom. Let's go. And Mr. Lawrence. My low spot is... Um... All this stuff with, uh, I, I, I know this is more comic book based, but it involves a wrestler. But The Rock took a big uh, hit this week, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Black Adam was not a success. Uh, DC is not doing a sequel. Uh, you uh, know, poor, I, I watched or The Rock. What'd you say? Rough re- week for The Rock. Yeah, man. No one even uh, wanted to smell what he was cooking this time. <laughs> and uh, this was, yeah, man, for a guy who is seen as like the biggest movie star, it, 
It's crazy, man. You're a massive movie star, and you make a superhero movie, and it isn't a hit. And and there, you know, we could. There's reasons I think why and stuff like that. But this was like a thing that he fought for for 15 years. He he wanted to be this character, and um, the world said, "Eh, we're good. Just uh, make fun of Kevin Hart again, please." And uh, <laughs> so. That's kind of a low spot, and and there's things I do really like in the movie. So I kind of I kind of wish there was a sequel, and I think they would have figured out certain problems that they had in the first one. And then the uh, the high spot is I started thinking of end of the year awards and looking back at this year, and what a crazy year this was for wrestling. Um, and I think that. When you when we look back on this, this will be such a pivotal transitional year. You know, like Vince McMahon left. Like there's so many things that happened, and um, you know, and uh, but wrestling still is as stupid as it is, and as fun as as fun as it could be to watch a guy make a goofy face because Rick Ross says motherfucker and then as disappointing as it could be to have goobers come out and beat him down like wrestling could still be a lot of fun and uh there was a lot of shit this year but there was also a lot of like amazing stuff this year and uh you know we fucking got to watch it together and, and have a community and uh, that's awesome Merry Christmas Merry Christmas yeah, I think it may be the most interesting year in wrestling history well, how crazy, and I know other people have said this too, but and we'll talk about it more at the year-end uh, episode, but Stone Cold Steve Austin came out of retirement, had a really fun match, and it's like maybe 15th most notable thing that happened this year in wrestling. That's not going to help get him a TV show on Peacock's concert. Wait, wait, wait. Total high spot that I missed, and because this happened on Thursday night, but Dan sent me a two-minute promo, and maybe you guys talked about this on one of the Patreons. We have not, but, actually. Oh, my God. Okay, let's end the show talking about this fucking beauty. This Tommy Dreamer and Bully Ray promo on Impact that aired last Thursday. What a beautiful disaster this was. Tommy crying on TV. Uh, this Tommy crying this, is rough, man. It is so real. It is, and it's not real. Like, I, you know, like Flair did this thing where he was crying during this Orton promo, and it was actually really great. It was maybe my promo of the year two years ago. But like when Dreamer does it at the Impact Zone, there's something just so much more chilling about the whole experience. Yeah, man this this ball of mozzarella with a toupee on, like, and when you know it's funny because it, it's kind of fitting to watch this promo. And then watch that book of Hobbes, you know, like when someone talks about like real struggle and pain and then he's like, and then I was in ECW and they wouldn't book me as much anymore. <laughs> it like puts things into perspective. Uh, man, this, yeah, I would, I would tell people go out of your way to watch this Bully Ray and Tommy Dreamer promo because it is very sad and very funny. You it's, would have to because nobody amazing. can easily find impact. You have well, to go out of your way to find impact. And and the fact that it is impact, it feels like a guy just having a breakdown on his, 
his wife in a in an empty Costco, like in a Costco where there's ten people. <laughs> and it is it is just so rough to watch. And he's dressed like he's in a, in an empty Costco too. Yeah, man, his shirt is like asking to leave. Like, what's amazing? I mean, we're gonna have you know. Is... Where so where does it where does it factor? You think, Mike, for you for worst promo of the year? I mean, we've got this. We got Marina Shafir. Aren't we doing worst promo next week, Dan? Yes, we are. But I'm just saying, like, right now, I'm not asking you to pick one. I'm asking you who's in the conversation so we can decide. I think that, I mean, this lets you know what a crazy year this was. And I I texted you guys about this. But looking back at those Brandy and Dan Lambert promos, which were this year, there's one that was 1229, but there was one that was, like, early February. And... Remembering that Brandy was in AEW this year is so crazy. I think those might be the worst because she's clearly out there to be a baby face and they just hate her and the uncomfortable and <laughs> Dan Lambert just being like fucking misogynistic and getting the biggest pops he's ever gotten. And the whole thing is just a, a tire fire. So that or I think... Serena Deeb, that one was pretty bad. Like, I mean, all the ones with her and Rosa were bad, but the one where she talked about her life story and boobs and all that was really, really rough. Because, yeah, if you do a promo where you are putting yourself out there and it doesn't work, you're fucked. <laughs> it's interesting. WWE not in the worst promo conversation this year. Oh, I, 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 I'll have one for next week. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's a WWE one that I'm pretty sure will be a slam dunk. So we'll be good. Wow. That's a what? tease. Oh, what? I think is this a Liv Morgan? No, we stop. No, it's not it's not Liv Morgan, but I, Liv is she's delightful. Leave but there was be. that one that she had that was really bad, right? She did have one that wasn't wasn't great. And Rhonda's yeah. had like ten that aren't great. I mean, those don't count as promos. That's just AI talking. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they do. They kind of figured her out now because they like put her with Shayna Baszler, and I mean it's still not good, but at least it's not as like like stop the TV bad. Because Shayna is a better wrestler version of what Ronda Rousey is. She's a legitimate killer, but she can talk, and she's good in the ring, and she's interesting. Dude, I love Shayna. I think she should come to AEW, and every Christmas she'll be in the main event. (laughs) (laughs) Well, folks, that's the show. Um, next week you're going to hear our holiday spectacular. If you're a patron, you get to come to the party and you get to hear the roast part, which you will not hear on the regular episode. And, uh, we got Barry Harwitz coming up too. So until then folks, it is never goodbye. <laughs> what? what are you saying? No, the end of his suicide note. This he got guy, the wrong line. Really. <laughs> it is never goodbye. He's saying. <laughs> Zach, add in a gunshot. That's what he says to Paul Walker before the final drive. Dan, oh, this ends with Dan going, "Good luck and good night." Bang! <laughs> but it's a gun. <laughs> Um. Yeah. So check it out. We got a lot of fun stuff coming up, and uh, most importantly, wash your hands. Wash your damn hands. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs>